Revelation chapter 9 is our text again, and as we are continuing in this series on the torments of hell. We talk about hell and torment, but so many people actually learn well, just what are those torments. Uh, some think the torment today is, is the pandemic, okay? And, and I know in the, uh, back in the Great Depression, I heard my parents and everybody, as I was growing up, talk about the Great Depression. Your grandkids will hear about the pandemic, okay? And there were depressions and, and all of that before the Great Depression. There have been pandemics before this and after this. I Kind of like it was uh, Saul T Tarsus. You know, Saul Tarsus had a change in his life. He was masked over with sin. But what changed his life? On the road to... Damascus, okay, and so he wanted, uh, you know, his better after that, okay. And of course, uh, you know, the thing about the mask, do you realize we're going to have to wear those things for about six months after this thing is over? It's to straighten our ears back out, you know, so it's, it's going to be a thing, but, but nonetheless, uh, you know, some people, uh, uh, have been hit by it. It's been serious. It's, it has been serious. And so those are things that we, we need to also be careful of. And then uh, Brother Rubin's talking about that special patriotic program where we're going to honor the veterans there. And, and uh, uh, Brother Bonner uh, knows somebody he, uh, that uh, was the personal driver and the personal attendant to General MacArthur, he even has the pictures. And so and he's going to be here, I believe, as well. So uh, that might be worth just coming to see itself. And so that, those are just some things that the school's going to be doing. And I'd encourage you to come and be part of that. All right, uh, Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. And then we read, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not uh, kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. Now shall we pray. Father, as we read this, so often people look at it as some kind of a science fiction, but this is actual truth. Created the heavens and the earth. You said when Jesus was going to come, much thousands of years before he came, and even told the specifics of the cross long before he came, and everything was exactly right. And this is going to be exactly 100% fulfilled as well. So, Lord, I pray that as the song that is sung from time to time, rescue the perishing, 
I pray that we'll be able to do that today so that no one would go to this lake of fire, no one would go to this hell, because you have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that they should repent. So, our Lord, I pray that today would be a day that leads to repentance in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, in this series, I've dis- distinguished really many times about hell and the lake of fire, the difference between the two. Uh, Hell is where a soul goes when they die without Christ. It is a place of torment. It is a place of fire. And, And then the lake of fire is when death and hell, in other words, when you leave hell, you will not be leaving the torments or the flame. Instead, you'll be going to a lake of fire. We say the bottomless pit. Well, in hell, it's going to be like a bottomless pit as well. The lake of fire is going to be a bottomless pit because there'll be always that falling. There'll always be that going down. And it'll be worse for some than it is for others. And we've shown you that by the Word of God. Uh, some say, well, what's the difference between the two? And uh, one of the illustrations that, that hell now, where souls that die without Christ go, it's like being in jail, but the eternal lake of fire will be like going from jail to prison. Either way, there is no escape. We've said that the lake of fire is hell on steroids, and that's pretty well the way it'll be. The fact that you must deal with is that in one twinkling moment after your spirit leaves this body, if you're not saved, if you've not received Christ as your personal Savior, you enter that Christless place called hell. I say Christless because there's no help from Christ at that point. It's forever too late to repent because no repentance in hell is accepted. It is eternal punishment torment forever. And one day, they'll be brought before a great white throne. Each one who is in hell today will be brought before that great white throne. And death and hell, all the contents of hell, all the torments of hell, all the fire of hell, all the brimstone of hell, they will be tormented in that eternal lake of fire. Some people don't believe that. There are preachers, there's one preacher, if I said his name, you'd probably be mad at me for saying his name because he's revered so well. But he says, I just have a hard time. I just don't believe like I used to, believing that an eternal God would just torment people like that forever and ever. And I believe, I believe that It's separation from God, and therefore man can pray, but he can't get his answer. Man can be there, but I don't see him tormented in fire and and, and the brimstone. I just don't see that, but rather I see the state of not being able to talk to God because at that point he'll never hear a man that's in that place again. Well, I'll tell you what, he didn't get that out of the Word of God. It's not in the Word of God. But you know what that tells me as well? Even though he's a preacher, probably far better educated than I am, he does not have any 
understanding of the holiness of God. I wish, and I've told uh, college presidents this, I wish every Christian college in the country would teach their students at least one semester and their preachers at least two semesters the doctrine of the holiness of God. And hopefully that would keep the fire in the soul. It's a shame because we see a country going to hell and we see a bunch of panty-waisted preachers that are too, too ingrained into this world, lascivious, anything goes for the flesh as far as the flesh is concerned. Why? Because they do not have that faith in the Word of God. They don't accept it as word for word, the Word of God. If they did, they would be preaching and warning of a hell to come. And yet there's an escape. Now in our text, as we look at verses 3 through 6, the locusts do not kill men, we're told. But the men cannot kill the locusts, and they cannot kill themselves. They desire, but they cannot do it. They want to try to kill themselves, and they just can't kill it. Isn't it interesting that we don't see any evidence at the end of five months that these locusts are killed? I believe that they re-enter that pit when the door is closed on it. It was opened, and it darkened the sun, it darkened the air, but it's only for a five-month period. But I can imagine the smoke covering the earth, and you can hear a swarm of locusts. As ones on today, they, they tell me that when they are swarming, you can hear them. And nobody wants to hear it because it's going to destroy crops and everything else. These are told, don't destroy the crops. You're just going after men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Understand, this is during the tribulation hour. If you're saved, you're not there. You're not there. Praise the Lord for that. But during the tribulation hour, that's the way it'll be. There are people as they hear that and they're trying to commit suicide and they're unable to commit suicide. It goes on for a period of five months. Death actually flees from them as they feel the pain of these scorpions. You know, the Romans back in that day would have understood this as well as others that lived in that area in that day. Roman soldiers were taught, they were able, trained in such a way that they could endure incredible pain without flinching. They did that so that they would not give up secrets in battle if they were captured. And they could just endure all kinds of pain. But they screamed in agony when they were bitten with scorpions. I ask myself, why five months? Why? You know, most scorpions die in two to three months. Some live up to five months. It's rare. Not, not too many do that. There's a species that will live up to five months. Not all of them live up to five months. Perhaps it's to show men 
there's no end. You go to hell, there is no end, and there is no hope. This poisonous injection of, of, from the, the scorpion, or should I say it's from a locust, he's given the power of a sting of a scorpion. There, there's no locust on the earth today that's like that. The locusts on the earth today do pass away. But this locust from the pit was made for the pit. It's not the devil's. I've read where some of the commentators I read on this said, these are demon-filled little insects. No. Devils that are in the pit are tormented there as well. God made these creatures for that place. And that's why we don't see they come up with a way to kill them all. As a matter of fact, I think that somebody uh, that could help, they hear that the, those uh, locusts, they don't want to be around them. They're not going to help somebody. It might be somebody they love. But if they go, they're also going to be stung, and they're also going to be laying there helpless, paralyzed with pain. I believe that's what that pain does. Once they get that, they're paralyzed with pain. They try to commit suicide. They can't. They're hurting. There's no power in their body to be able to move to just to kill themselves. The locusts are still present in that place. Now, it's interesting if we'll sit back and look at that as believers. Only a Christian, only a saved person today, someone who has received Christ as their Lord and Savior, only we are able to say, to die is gain. Think of that. To die is gain. As a pastor, I've watched many pass away. I watched my mother take her last breath. You know, there's sorrow. But as a believer, we sorrow not as those that have no hope. All we said was, see you later, not goodbye. You know what? The unsaved cannot say that. In verses 5 and 6 of our text here, again, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment is as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall they seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. You see, what they don't understand, those who are without Christ, that it was God's grace that they can't kill themselves. God has given them a chance, even in the tribulation, to get saved. If they took their own lives, they would be entering the place called hell that would be much worse than what they're feeling at that moment. God wants these people to repent and believe the gospel while they have an opportunity, although it's in the tri tribulation hour. Perhaps you can understand why 
Jesus told the story, which was a true story. Understand the Bible, there are parables that Jesus told that were actually not just an illustration, but they were actually a true story. And usually the way you can tell that, they used a name. They did use a name there. One was the rich man, but the other was Lazarus. And that showed that it was a historical thing. And you know what? On earth, there's only one that would have known that. Jesus Christ. Only he could see. And so as you uh, think of that, here is the rich man. And when he goes across that great gulf, he says, I am tormented in this flame. Let Lazarus come. That guy that used to lay full of sores at my table, at my gate, and I wouldn't even let him have the crumbs off the table to feed him. Please let him dip that finger in water. <laughs> even if it was full of sores, let him dip it in water and touch my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. And when you think of that, that man was so concerned that somebody would even raise from the dead and go tell his brothers. And what was the Lord's answer? They have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the word of God. They have the word of God. They can be saved. They still have to repent and believe it. They would not believe that one rose from the dead and Jesus would raise from the dead and they still wouldn't believe. No, why would they want to commit suicide if they knew of the reality of this? And hopefully, that will make them aware of what hell is when they see it coming out of the pit and with all the torments. I imagine those stung in the tribulation, if they hear the eternal torment that'll be there and that that torment will be cast into the lake of fire with them, and it will continue. Perhaps Christ gives them this to give them a chance to still be saved. Verse 20 and 21 of our uh, chapter here is interesting on that. He says, And the rest of the men which were not killed with the plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver, and brass and stone of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Sounds like there's a lot of people that had religion, but they didn't have Christ. Neither repent the day of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor their fornications, nor their thefts. Listen, the abortion, the same-sex marriage, the adultery, and on you go down the line. The people talk about liberty. They'll realize that before God, their laws on earth is no match for the law of God, a holy God. That's why men must be warned today, and they must be warned by us. Son, remember. See, God sees the heart. God knows the heart. And somebody says, oh, I, you know what? I asked Jesus in my heart. You know, I find that interesting. 
I've been in hospital rooms. And per people are sick and just say, oh, if God would just heal me, I'll serve him, I'll do this, I'll do that. And God did. We prayed with them and God did. And they didn't. Been in the hospital rooms and people prayed and asked the Lord to save them. You know, you need to follow us. God get you out of this hospital and you need to follow up. Get baptized, be part of it. Oh, yes, preacher, I will. I've had that happen. And they never showed up. You see, God saw their heart. They didn't get saved. They were looking for an escape from physical death, not from the wages of sin. Christ came to deal with our sin. Perhaps a person dies without Christ like those I just mentioned. And just like the rich man in hell, they'll hear, son, remember? And they'll remember that day in the hospital. They'll remember that day in church. They'll remember that day they heard the gospel. They repeated a prayer maybe like hocus pocus, but they did not give their life to Christ that day. They didn't get saved. They planned to continue in the way of this world. And yet, because of that, they'll continue to cry. They'll cry. They'll cry with regret. I'd imagine that there are people today that are hearing me even now, whether it's on radio or the internet, somehow the live stream, or even in the auditorium. And, and they'll hear these sermons that we've been preaching on, the torments of hell, trying to explain them, and say, that's so cruel. Why is he so cruel? He's just a purveyor of hate and fear. He shouldn't do that. He shouldn't preach that way. How cruel that is, especially if children hear this. And yes, I believe you'll hear those words in hell. And maybe even cry out, well, no one warned me. No one warned me of this place. And you'll be reminded, oh, yes, you were in the auditorium that day. You were listening by radio. You were listening by the, the live stream. You had a chance, and you passed it up. I imagine that in Noah's day, there were people who thought the same thing. When he preached coming destruction of a flood, they mocked it. They made fun of him. They scorned him. Just as some do today, the fire and brimstone preacher. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 6 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, these days before the rapture, 
scoffers. You believe in a literal hell? What's wrong with you? Walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Oh, I've heard preachers preach about it. Well, where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. That is a lie too, by the way. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, perished. Noah was wise. He actually deserved to drown that flood too. But he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible tells us it's painful. He believed God. And the Bible says Noah moved with fear, built an ark. What God said to him scared him. Is God trying to scare him? Yes. He wanted to repent. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Is this in the Bible because God wants to scare you? Yes. He wants you to repent. He wants you to receive him. He prepared hell for the devil and his angels, not for you. But if you reject him, that's exactly where you go. That's why we need to be a witness for the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hand out those tracts. Give a personal witness. Tell others about Jesus Christ, what Christ will do for them. My friend, the day is coming. Let me just kind of close out here and speaking to the, this speaks to the Christians, but I think it speaks to preachers particularly. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. He said, I charge. He said, I'm giving you a straight command. Preacher. Oh, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small, Proverbs 24 10 tells us. Those preachers who won't preach the word, it's because their strength is small, because they lack faith in the power and the deliverance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What did God give to all of us when he gave the Great Commission? Low. You know what the, that word low is interesting. Good, uh, Matthew 28. It would be good just to look at the word low in there. I think it appears twice. And each time it appears, there's a context with it. Pretty well the same. Low. Take note of this. It means, hey, pay attention. Get this. Do it. No, exactly. I mean, it's an exclamation. Just imagine an exclamation point. He's just saying, lo. In Matthew 28, 20, 
Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The end of the age, the end of it till you're taken to be with the Lord. He's with you. Are men with you? No. Is this world with you? No. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Got to be that witness. Sometimes hell has been so decried by the preachers of this day, put down, and I've given you an example already. One says, I just believe it's separation from God so that you can not pray and hear, expect him to answer. Well, they're right in one thing. There's no repentance that's going to be accepted from hell. But that's not going to change the lake of fire. It's not going to change what hell is presently. It won't change it at all. And for acceptance and the love of man, they have done this. And there will be, if they are saved, as Ezekiel tells us, their blood will I require at your hand. You had the opportunity to tell them. Now, the question is, is as a Christian, do you believe the Bible? Do you believe that since it is preserved for us and word for word, the word of God, do you believe that he means what he says and says what he means? If so, Get busy about your witness. Get busy about trying to bring souls to the Savior. The time draws near. There's something about being ashamed at his appearing. Not only before the Lord, but before those others that you loved. Ashamed at his appearing. But I can tell you today, if you don't know, if you died today, that heaven's your home, you're not 100% sure. Every bit of this is true. Except you repent, Jesus said, you shall all likewise perish. That meant you would go to hell. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Jesus was God in the flesh with us. But he had a real human body and a real human spirit. And that human body was placed on a cross that the deity, almighty God, would pour out his wrath on his human spirit. On all the sin you or I ever have or ever will commit. The price was paid. It was paid in full. He just calls you believing that. It's the same thing the Apostle Paul preached wherever he went. Repentance towards God because all sin is against God. And faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it was his shed blood and his resurrection that provided the guarantee for salvation. If you'll receive him as your Lord and Savior. Oh, my friend, do that today. Let's bow our heads.